0: What's up, you pieces of shit? What about? I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> I had to test that out. I'm your friend Joseph Damon. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We promise we don't we don't hate you that much. I'm sorry. Oh
1: man, except hey, I'm for you, we hate the- you.
0: Yes, yeah. It- it- you know who you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Joined by Alex and Will tonight. Alex Will, what's up, you pieces of <laughs> sh- <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Uh, you
2: know what? We may be pieces of <laughs> shit, but at least we aren't Chelsea fans right now. Woo!
1: Hey. Because mm,
0: mm. they, they're the whole log. Mm-hmm. I ain't no peace <laughs> the whole log. Woo. Hey, we've got two. <laughs> uh, that was maybe the worst statement that I've ever said in my life, actually, now that I think about it. That was pretty bad. Um, we got two big-time victories to discuss here on this episode. Um, in, uh, I don't Two very relieving victories in the midst of an incredibly stressful time uh, in the season and in the life of Liverpool in general as we're sitting around just hoping and praying that uh, we keep doing what we're doing and somebody does something to City like we want them to. Um, but we've got 3-1 against Southampton. 2-0 against Porto in the first leg of uh, this Champions League tie, which is about as good as a first leg performance as you can get. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: Pretty solid all in all. Let's go ahead. Uh, these two matches, quick reactions to uh, the the combined. I mean, because what, they happen within four days of each other, five days mm-hmm. of each other, is that uh, five right? Five
1: minutes of each other. Yeah, They There's happened back-to-back.
0: Back. Half the team was playing Southampton. The other half was playing Porto. Mm-hmm um nabby was in both games uh so let's talk real quick both of those games if you had to give a quick summation of how important they were alex what would be your quick summation
1: huge oh <laughs> that's how you started it off we started the like wow. the fifth word that you said was a no-no word i know and episode.
0: somehow what you said was more <laughs> depressing So. Anyway, Will, how about you? <laughs> uh,
2: two words, inflection point. This is going to carry us through the end of the season. I'm pumped.
0: Ooh, that's a nice take. We're going to get up more of that, out of that in a little bit here. <clears throat> Let's look in detail at the Southampton match in particular uh, and look at, well, it was a, a shaky start at first. Um trying to do something right, uh, trying to do something a little bit different, different um, lineup in particular. We we finally got to see a little bit more of that uh, Genie Fab NAB um, midfield that we really wanted to see, and uh,
1: they were a little out of sorts at first, right, tablet Alex? sucked. We, the sucked. Yeah, <laughs> it,
0: they... wasn't a great start for it.
1: You could definitely tell that they hadn't played together in a very long time. You could tell that there had been some fitness concerns with Fabinho kind of the week before. He didn't Mm -hmm. train at all in the week before the Spurs match, and that's why he didn't start. Um, You could tell that Naby hadn't played in a while and was playing just with a huge weight on his shoulders, which we can get to uh, a little bit later, uh, about what happened to that and where he stuck it, so to speak. Uh, And you could tell that Genie had run like five marathons worth of – kilometers more than the rest of the team he just looked exhausted and i mean there's been some criticism of him away from home but this was not like a tepid performance this was a i can barely walk performance (laughs) yeah
0: it was uh he looked like a zombie um (laughs) a little bit but uh some things i mean obviously some things went right towards fixing that um in regard to Making some substitutions, um, but also just kind of in general, once the team settled down a little bit. But what seemed to right the ship in that particular match, Will? Like when you were looking at it, um, in particular, what seemed to uh just kind of make up for such a sluggish and awkward start from just about everybody? Well, I mean,
2: there's obviously this the subs, mm-hmm. I think, um. He, conventional wisdom would say you know we need a goal we need to we need to figure this out we have to win throw on a throw on shakiri Sturridge. let's get attackers instead klopp says not old heads you'll do it and so we get henderson and uh milner and henderson in that game was just like full out 100 balls to the wall from the moment he stepped on the pitch until the end of the game and it was incredible um milner you know put he he's Milner doesn't have ever have bad games. And so he, you know what you're going to get with him? It's consistency. He's good, but Henderson to come in in an advanced role that he doesn't, hasn't played in years consistently. And to just be such an impact was, I think it turned the game on its head and to revisit a point from earlier. I think it may have cemented our momentum going into the into the season i i think just honestly every goal in that southampton game um you know shane long never scores so that's that mm-hmm. that was really cool nabby also never scores and that was you could just kind of see like the more if, with every goal it was just the monkey just kept getting off of our backs you know just, yes. just further and further away from us like uh salah's goal was kind of typical salah you know but like it was a good goal it was it wasn't like the most beautiful goal but it's like run at a defender for 30 yards and then you know stick it in a corner it was great but i really i i celebrated that goal but henderson's goal had me out of my seat i was just i mean just the emotion of that moment not only just the goal but just like
0: being a henderson fan boy, being yeah.
2: a being a henderson fanboy. uh i don't know like that all that all had something to do with it but also just like we were in that moment we said all right we we're here in this title race to stay yeah. we're not we're not going to drop points like we would have maybe last season we're not going to fall to the wayside it we're here you know yeah. city your move city and that i just felt like that game was just like a defiant like roar into the fa- in into like like kind of almost like like a bring it on type performance like we're here let's go
0: yeah, I'll, I'm bring it on! Yep. Being the, uh, the the cheerleader, cheerleader dance off. Yeah, movie, the cheerleader right? movie. Yeah, uh, is this was that the best even coming off the bench? Was that the best Henderson performance we've gotten so far this season? Mm. It pro-
2: probably, probably, but it's hard to say because he hasn't. That's the first time he's played that position. You know, like sure, it's, he's had. He's I'd say he's impacted the game obviously he hasn't scored but like he's impacted the game just as much in other ways throughout like a full 90 maybe in some other big games throughout the season but that i would say for sure like was his most
1: captain-like performance yeah uh, yeah. i was
2: was trying to find that word yeah his definitely like he he grabbed the great game by the balls and just like won it for us basically i I thought for sure it was the most captain-like performance The, the closest he's come to being Steven Gerrard maybe ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of wording it. It's a good way of wording it. You just mentioned uh the people that scored um and like the importance of those goals, but I mean, let's talk a little bit more Alex about the the importance of um well, you talked about the importance of the match and how it was kind of a dare I say it statement game. Whoa, haven't said that in a while. <laughs> we haven't but it was a little bit of a statement game in terms of, um, you know, saying, uh, yeah, we are here to stay. But the individual goals, the fact that we got to see Kieta goal, we got to see uh, Mohamed Salah goal again, we got to see Henderson score like that. Alex, how important were those goals themselves? And also, you know,
1: obviously the people who scored them. Oh, they're huge. Uh, and before I get into that, I will say it was a, it was was it was fun to see almost an exact foil to how the match unfolded in the Spurs match, where when we took off Henderson and Milner and brought on people in their stead, that's when the tide turned. And then Mm -hmm. the exact reverse happened in Southampton. We brought Hendo and Milner on and they turned the game. So that's huge for squad morale, huge for them. But yeah, I mean, personally, those were absolutely massive goals for each of those players for Mm -hmm. Navi. You could see just the transformation in his body language, in his demeanor, in his on the ball I mean before that you could see him be a little tentative pretty much every time he got on the ball and even in that match especially like he tried to bring it down his chest it would get a little bit away from him uh, his touches were a bit sloppy he was so hesitant and so weighed down by pressure and expectation and you, you usually think of getting a goal uh, and kick-starting your career as something that a striker needs to do at a new team but right. it like it absolutely changed who Naby Keita is for Liverpool, that goal. And you, you you could see just the confidence return and he started taking people on and just his, I mean, uh, what was it? Six tackles uh, in the first half alone. Um, and then uh, over the course of the match, 10 ball recoveries, six take-ons, successful take-ons, two shots, two key passes, one goal. I mean, I think that was only his second-headed goal ever, but I mean, it, it, he awakened after that and you saw it continue in the Porto match. I mean, so I'm super happy for him because we're finally starting to see the player that we wanted, the player that we signed a year early, and let's stay. Like he, he can for the next few mat for the rest of the season, he could be like a new signing. Like Andrew always likes to say about <laughs> every one of our players. Like he we've got our ace up our sleeve coming out right now, exactly when we needed it, exactly when our midfield's tired, exactly when we're having injury crises. Uh for mo, I mean it obviously he'd obviously been key to play, but he hadn't scored, and that's like you could see what it meant to him. he hasn't has he ever just ripped his shirt off when he scored? I don't think so like uh, that. not that I
0: can remember yeah, in a, a long time a little bit uncharacteristic mm-hmm. celebration from a guy who is uh normally nothing but like giant grin, a little mm-hmm. bit reserved personality, yeah,
1: yeah, that was just like a remember me, you idiots like <laughs> I'm here, I'm really good at this game. Suck my nuts. <laughs> he just did that wow. and sold Andy and Hendo during the celebration. Great dummy. Led to a great hug, but still it was wonderful. And then obviously Hendo uh, to get him a goal, which he, he hadn't scored in forever. And then to just remind Klopp, like he said after the Porto games, like, oh, we've had, it was my fault that I played him at a position that he wasn't as good at. <laughs> right. uh, and it just reminded him, hey, remember when Jordan Henderson was really good, this is the role that he played. And I will be the first to admit that I doubted, after all those injuries, if he had the mobility to play that role. Mm-hmm. And he answered me, and as well as anyone else who was asking that question, like, yes, yes, he has the capabilities. Yes, he still has the vision. And he just played like the player that got the armband from Stevie after he retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just happy for all of them. It's just, ah, that's awesome. It's so yeah. awesome it's so good all right
0: moving forward uh i mean does this i was gonna ask the question of like who do we rely on but that's not really the the right wording for it i feel like i feel like at this point it's not so much like okay who do we rely on to really you know carry us through to give us the spark like who do you trust most in the team i guess it's more so like is there anyone at this point you're not trusting in the team? I mean, every single one of them seem to have risen to the occasion. Every single one of them is stepping up in different ways. I mean, uh, for like the slow start and the struggles um, from uh, Naby and Fabinho, especially in giving up that goal early on and how everyone just like left the field entirely open. Yeah. <laughs> I love watching of the replay of that because like, like Mattip's running down, and he turns his head and looks back. And at that point in time, there's like there's a you know a lot of open field, but like Van Dyke's right back there marking a man. And as soon as tip like looks back, is like okay, I'm good. Turns his head back, so he looks, <laughs> he's just like streaking it. <laughs>
1: Well, and Heuberg ran across the zones of what yeah. should have been, like, seven different players. And I don't right. think anyone noticed And
0: them. just no one did. Everyone just kind of opened. And that's what cracked me up about it is how it's like, Matip looks back, it's like, oh, yeah, I've got nothing to worry about right, <laughs> right. now. And then it's just, he's like, whee!
2: Well, but can you blame him for looking back and seeing Van Dyke and being like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything. No, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. like oh, it, he's got oh, it. Absolutely. We're good. No, I-
0: yeah, it's one of those goals like you can't put the blame on like any one person because like for a brief moment,
2: they are, everybody screwed up. Everybody messed yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Literally yeah. everyone screwed up. Everyone, it and, a, and, and, and like and, and it, it's such a comedy of errors that Shane freaking Long, yes. <laughs> scored a, on Allison of all people. Like you yeah. know, it's it's not like this is minyole
1: that we're talking about here. It's, it wasn't it's, even it's, April Fool's Day. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. how this happened.
2: Right. Oh, that goal was terrible. I will. I will go back and and we were talking about celebrations. Alex, you said some about celebrations. The the three celebrations. and I'm not going to mention this. <laughs> They're like like Mane like forcing a Me Too moment, jumping on Nabby's back when it
1: just like was
2: kind of weird
1: and like because he was just so just like that. he was, didn't know what to do. He just the relief. Like that was pure mm-hmm. relief more than joy. Well, and that's like, what I was, I was gonna, gonna say. Cry.
2: Well, it's like it's all like it's just raw emotion after all yeah. three goals. Like that just you see Nabby's first instinct rather than to like do a fist pump or like jump, he wi- he like wipes his face as if he's saying, like, oh, thank you. Thank God this is yes, this is it's, it's this the is deed gone. is done. Yeah, and like and, and then Mo just like doesn't know what to do and he rips off his shirt after juking Rabo. And Henderson does about six celebrations in one. It, it's just like the emotion of that that particular game was so cool. I loved it.
1: We were not going to let our Youth Academy beat us. No.
0: Well, moving on from a very, very, as you were just saying, uh, I don't know, just a relieving game, just a fun game, you know, to to have experienced. Let's move on to the Porto match real quick in what seemed like a, uh, gosh, I mean, almost felt like business as usual. Like <laughs> the team stepped out and said, all right, let's go ahead and take care of things. We don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, uh, you had a nabby goal, five minutes in Bobby getting another one, uh, just 20 minutes after that, uh, getting those two goals early on. Um, uh, Alex, we'll turn it back over to you real quick. Um, actually, no, I got to ask this to of will because I have a question for Alex. <laughs> um, but, uh, well, this matchup, this performance in particular, I mean, in this match, um, I mean, what, what went right? Like, you're coming off of a very emotional Southampton game um, and emotionally relieving, like very cathartic Southampton mm-hmm. game. And then you've got this game that you fought, you, match you followed up with in which you are very businesslike in a lot of ways. Uh, what was the team doing right against Porto?
2: I, I'll have to ask Alex is our stat man and he he know he sure. memorizes all of Nabby's stats after every game. But I think th- literally everything went right. I mean the from from the, the deflection on the first goal that was just like absurd that 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 really set the tone for the rest of the game. I mean, Alex correct me if I'm wrong, but like I think if you put any of our aside from nabby if you put any other two of our players stats together they don't equal like his total stats for that game just in like yeah. tackles. It was it was insane and exactly he's he is everywhere like he just he is exactly like his positional sense is almost i won't say it's better than van dyke's but it's equivalent like he just is in he he digs in all like the entire game he doesn't shy away from tackles he doesn't shy away from passes shots like he he's so fun to watch when he's playing like this i mean that's why i was really disappointed at the beginning of the season because he he looked kind of out of you know out of his depth a little bit but this nabby is super fun to watch um but yeah i mean from from the get-go you just had like you had every like Every pass was right. Almost the opposite of the South had game where it took us like 20 minutes. We we couldn't pass the ball at all. It, everything went right. We, we, the passing was crisp. Everybody's making runs. You could tell almost immediately that Porto were just screwed. And, and it really, what sums it up is almost the second, I mean, the first goal, like set the tone, but the second goal really like. Cemented our superiority, like that. Just Henderson's pass, Trent's run, the cross, no look, for me, no goal. Like it's, you know, it's that's business as usual. That's we 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 just said, okay, we're done. We're in the semifinal. Like this is it. And you know, it's so interesting that even last this time last season, we when we drew City, we were just like, oh, this is cool. Like we're ju- we're in the Champions League quarterfinal. Like that was enough. But yeah. now, like this. It's we're talking about a business as usual win in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. And it's just it it really shows just how much this team has grown. I love it. Um it's it's been great.
0: It's a fun place to be. Yeah, for sure. It's such mm-hmm. a fun place to be. Yeah. I mean, with it comes a, a brand new level of stress, um, a lot of times, <laughs> in which it's like, can we keep this up? Like, is this actually happening? <laughs> Are we you know, but it's so much fun to enjoy it while the ride's still going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much fun. Yeah, Alex, what I was going to ask you about is let's talk a little bit about uh, Nabby's form right now. Uh, Will was kind of setting you up for that, but let's talk about how, uh, yeah, how much fun he's been, um, you know, these past couple of matches, especially, you know, you know, shaking off the rust a little bit against Southampton and then doing what he did that, you know, rested that match and through the Porto match. Let's talk about Nabby Keita right now a little bit more in his current run of form.
1: Yeah, well, quick note, I realize now that the stats that I listed earlier for his game, that was for the Porto match, but I'm pretty sure the ones that he had for Southampton were similar in the second half. But uh, yeah, like like Will said, he's everywhere, and that was one of the things that uh, we touted when he first signed, is that he is like two midfielders in one. He is a ball winner, and he's a distributor, and he's a line breaker, and he's just a nuisance for every team that he plays against. And we absolutely saw that against Porto. He was just, he was dominant. He was so calm and composed on the ball. He was taking people on. He was winning it back. He was going forward every time. Like he, he does look to play the risky pass and more often than not, it's either successful or very close to being successful. And you're like, yes, those are the passes we need. Those are the passes we've been missing. Even if teams sit back and play deeper against us, they're not going to be able to stop that. And you could see that against Porto. I mean, they weren't necessarily sitting back and just clogging everything, um, but that was partially because of how well we played. But he, when he's on form, he's getting closer to close and closer. Because I mean, this isn't even full Nabby yet, but you can see what he's going to bring this tour in the run in and next season as well. It's just so exciting, and he enhanced everyone around him. I know. Fabinho and Henderson both played really well individually, but as a unit, they were so balanced, they were so composed, they shut everything they really needed to out as much as they could. And I, it, there's so much promise uh, to, to be had with these combinations. And we're, it, it was weird that, ha- that the quarterfinal match in the Champions League was probably the most comfortable and relaxing match we've had in 2019, honestly. It's just, it was just so nice because we set the tone. And I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about him. But in addition to Nabby playing well, Bobby Firmino was as close to unplayable as he's gotten this season. He was just absolutely fantastic. And to have players with those work rates all over the pitch, like, what, how is anyone going to stop us?
0: <laughs> we've made it to this far in the podcast, and we've barely said anything about Bobby Firmino. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Mohamed Salah has scored 50 league goals faster yeah. than uh, any other Liverpool player ever has. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, that's insanity. It's insanity that, that we have been able to talk so much about, uh, you know, new signings that, you know, are returning stars, what they're doing so well, like we can't barely even find any time to talk about them on this episode. Like, that's an interesting couple of matches. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to Will real quick for a, a talk about his boy, Bobby. Oh. Let's talk about just what that man is doing right now after um, a, a brief spell of being a little bit out of form, but uh, very brief, I think.
2: Well, the team for the the past, at least for sure, this season and last season, maybe even a little bit of the season before the The team goes as Bobby goes, right? Like we, if he plays excellently, we look excellent. If he is kind of out of it or it's not firing completely, um, he, you know, the team is, is also doing the same, but you could watch if you, if you go back and look at some of, not even his passing, but just his footwork in this Porto game like he he from the beginning he was up for this like he just he he's gliding all over the pitch he's he's doing little dinks and touches that like would normally be like a 50-50 ball but it, it he's full confidence he's he's not going to misplace that pass he's not going mis- to put you know put a touch too heavy on that it he's i feel like multiple and he's just one of multiple of our players who are coming into form at the right time. And it's just really fun to watch, but, you know, I I love, I love Bobby Firmino so much. He's phenomenal. Um, Most important player on our team next to Van Dyke, I think, honestly. And yeah, it's great to see him get a goal and play so well.
0: Some pretty bold claims, but I'm not necessarily going to argue against you on that one right now. Not going to argue against you. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Muhammad Salah, 50 goals and only 69 nice games. Alex, let's talk about the importance (laughs) of that real quick.
1: We've been missing someone who's clinical for a long time. I mean, we had the SAS season, but after that, it had been a while since we had someone who we could trust to just bury it, to get the chance and bury it. And that is what we have now for the most part. I mean, he's had a dip in form this season, um, but still he's scoring at like a mortal rate. Now last season was ridiculous, but it's just, I don't know, man. He, he brings so much. He's so fast. Uh, He's been a little left foot reliant this season, but still like he's one of those people that almost like Arian Robin that you kind of know what he wants to do, but stopping it is a whole different matter. And there's that interesting article in the New York times about how everyone Mm -hmm. knows what Robin is going to do, but he thinks so quickly that he's still able to get away with it. And there is a hint of that to Salah and Mm -hmm. he's able to pull that off and he's able to score a lot of different types of goals. And he's able to be so strong on the ball. He's able to hold off defenders. He's able to turn slab head last season at Anfield. I mean, he's just (laughs) incredible and uh, a great uh, to have him and Mane on the wings with Bobby up top, they, I would be terrified if I was playing against that. Uh, you, you don't know who to double team because all of those players are extremely dangerous. Uh, and uh, like It's hard to single out one because I love them all so much, but for Mo to do what he did in that short amount of time is just stunning. It's absolutely stunning. and To have a player that good on our team, coupled with all these other players that we have, that are that good. Like it's, it's weird. I, we're, we've been so used to not being able to have that. And now to have it again, it's like, wow, what do, what do we, what do we do with our hands? Like how do, we, how do we process this?
2: I'll add to that slightly and say, it's also nice to have that and not live in constant fear that it's about to be taken away from us. Like yeah. with, you knew, you kind of knew Suarez was going to go like, right. And you knew you figured Coutinho was going to go eventually because well, and you
1: knew Sturridge was going to get hurt.
2: Yeah, and you right, and you knew Sturge was going to get hurt. Um, but all of these guys, like, and and I, as soon as I say this out loud, one of them is going to get sold. <laughs> but I feel like, I mean, especially with their new contracts, right? Like, it would it's going to take a lot to get any of our big players yeah. away from us right now. And and so even though we might lose one of them, you know, to to whatever team that pays two hundred million pounds, like. Early. Yeah, right it will get we can get you know reinvest that money and and maybe not miss them as much i think that's that's just as much i i hate this time of the season because it's always like uh i kind of wish you wouldn't play so good <laughs> because you're gonna get sold you know it's, for so long it was like that i'm glad it's not anymore
1: right and like you said like they've they've all bought in and none of this would work as well as it works now, if they all didn't buy into the team ethos and just the strategy, just the, the tactics, the game plan. They're all willing to sacrifice themselves to help the team. I mean, Mo tracked back, what was it, 70, 80 yards against Porto after mm-hmm. scuffing a shot or not being mm-hmm. able to get a shot off and win it back? Like, who, who else would do that? I <laughs>
0: know, it's insane. Oh, it's so good. Of course, with all of the the good and amazing stuff we have going on, we do have a stupid big match coming up (laughs) that we have to talk about now. Uh, It's
1: just gross. Anyway, I mean, their fan base is pretty gross.
0: Yeah, very much so. Chelsea's third in the league right now. Um, Chelsea's also dealing with, you know, some uh, uh, possible fans being suspended for saying terrible things. Um, anyway, all that being said, Chelsea's third place in the league right now. In the past month, they have done a good job of beating teams Four straight victories across the Premier League and the Europa League. Um, their last loss came to an always dangerous Everton team. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird. Uh, but Chelsea right now, at least looking a little bit more like uh, the team that started the season off um, on a bit of a hot tear, and, and people were looking at like uh, Marisha Sari and saying, oh, yeah, look at this guy. He's coming in, instant impact, blah, blah, blah. Uh, went through a bit of a spell there where people started to question a lot of what was going on. As of right now, they've done enough to jump over Tottenham temporarily, obviously played a different amount of games, uh, but jump over Tottenham into third place in the league. Um, And we have to face them on the 14th. Alex, give us a little bit of a rundown of what's going on at Chelsea as of right now.
1: I mean, it's really hard to say what's going on because I don't even know if they know what's going on. They're they're struggling to find who they are. They're struggling to play the way that has made Sari one of the most respected and innovative coaches in the past decade. Um, But they... Their away form has been really bad, but that being said, we haven't beaten them at Anfield in six years, I think. So we can't take it for granted. I think it's extremely poetic that we're in this situation again and have a chance to right the wrongs and undo the unfortunate circumstances that happened last time. Uh, so that, I mean, that's probably as much as they probably will say it won't be on their minds it's going to be on some of the players minds at least uh to go back and undo and right the wrongs of what happened so I'm looking forward to it now is a good time to be playing them I know they turn it around a little bit but it's not like they're exactly fluid and amazing I mean Slavia Prague gave them a run for their money today uh so I they have good players but Hazard is not going to score a wonder goal because he's not coming up against uh, uncomfortable Keita, a terrible Alberto Moreno, and Simon Minule in goal. Like, he's just not going to score one of those goals that he did last time he was at Anfield. We're going to give them everything we got. We're not going to be overcome by emotion and the pressure of the moment. We're so much more composed. We've got so many more attacking options, and we're going to be so much more comfortable. This, the big difference is this title run isn't as governed by passion and emotion and oh my gosh we're here Uh, (laughs) we're a a lot more level-headed and we believe much more in our ability to win no matter what as evidenced by the Southampton match like we're no matter what happens we're going to be confident that we're going to win and we're not going to (laughs) freak out.
0: Yeah, I mean let's continue that train of thought. Will, what do you think it's gonna take out of Liverpool to secure another much needed victory in this continued uh, title chase? So, I mean, at this point
2: you you kinda of, I mean the the team almost picks itself, maybe one or two midfield substitutions. Um, I think that Chelsea like Chelsea, despite struggling against Sparta Prague and, and losing to Everton, they will beat up on, on like the, like, it's almost like they'll beat up on the relegation teams and then they struggle against the mid tables and then they'll beat up, like they can steal one from the top six. So I'd be interested to see, I think they'll be, they'll put out a strong team, uh, one of the players that Robertson struggles with the most in the Premier League is Willian, and so I think they'll look to exploit that. But I think we'll contain Hazard enough to. I mean, they don't really have like, but Higuain's not going to do anything, and you know their midfield is not good enough to to outrun and outperform ours. I I, I just don't. I'm not really nervous about this game like I would be in seasons past. I'm, I'm just ready for it. Like, I mean, it's just the next game right now. It's not like, oh, the big Chelsea game. It's just the next game. Let's go win.
0: I'm glad you can say it. I still have a bit <laughs> of a pit in my stomach. but yeah. I mean, there's definitely so much more confidence than there has been in the past. I think you're absolutely right. And there's even more confidence right now than there has been in the past couple of weeks. Um, I think, just because of how well the team has risen to the occasion um, against Spuds, against Southampton. I mean, like, they just have – I mean, it's everything we've talked about in the episode. I don't want to repeat it too badly. (laughs) now, But they've they've done what they're supposed to do. They've done what they needed to do, and they've done it uh, well. And they've done it, like, very capably. Um, And I think that's huge. So it gives a lot of hope leading up to the weekend, even if it is still – the biggest match we have left on our uh, our calendar. Um, I don't know. Wolves is still scary. Um, always. Anyway, I mean, they're wolves.
1: <laughs> They'll bite you.
0: Yeah. Those animals are, are terrifying. It's just like big angry dogs, y'all. It's crazy. <laughs> so let's get into some predictions then. For uh, the Chelsea match, so we can go ahead and wrap up this episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. It's also the longest I've gone in the episode before actually saying the name of the podcast because I got too excited at the very beginning and forgot to even say what it was. <laughs> I'm pretty sure just said everyone's name and cussed at you a little while. So um, let's get into some predictions here, Alex. What do you expect to see, and what's your scoreline pick?
1: So I think my my big my only areas of doubt are who partners Van Dyke and who plays in the midfield with Henderson and Fabinho. Uh, So I think it'll be Matip coming back in to partner Van Dijk. If there was a little bit of a blip on the Porto performance, it was – I mean, I know he'd been out for a while, but Lovren kind of being classic Lovren and getting caught ball-watching and losing the battle a bit with Morega. So he talked about trust. No matter what happens, I probably still won't ever trust him. Uh, And Matip isn't that much better, but he has – been playing well with Van Dyke more recently, so I'd like to see him come back in, and he's probably more fit than Loverin. And the big question mark, uh, I think we talked about this with one of our followers on Twitter, is does Genie come back in? And I really hope he doesn't. Uh, Not that he's been terrible, but he's exhausted. And if very clearly Naby is changed completely because of his newfound confidence let's keep that up because he has been transformative in the midfield when he's been on and no one on the Chelsea in the Chelsea midfield is going to be able to cope with him when he's in full flow. So free Nabby, let him destroy this team. Let him be the player we brought in and we can bring Jeannie and Milner off the bench, but we need someone with that dynamism and that, uh, the, that level of ability in all facets of the game. So I would love to see him start that being said, of course, Genie's going to start. Klopp loves Genie in these types of games. Yep. It's going to be it's going to be him. Um, so, but luckily, I think that the Henderson at the six experiment, uh, while it did have its successes, he's so much better further forward. So, I mean, we've we've got to leave him there. Uh, but let's let's go with the form midfield, and then let's get that win. I'm thinking complete foil, just plant the sword into the the dark memories. 2-0, 2-0 win. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Into the dark. That got weirdly poetic right then. Um, so, all right, Will, what's your pick?
2: 2-1. Um, I think Genie starts uh, because of course Genie starts. Yeah. Um, but honestly, though like I would like to see a Hendo Genie like roaming to, like in in you know, because that kind of suits their play style a little bit. I think that would be effective against Chelsea to 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 have them have the freedom to track back, but also move forward, because they're both pretty good at doing that. Um, I think the rest of the team picks itself. Two uh, one, and uh, Mane and Milner to score
1: from the penalty spot.
2: Mm-hmm, from the penalty spot.
1: Yeah, it won't be a penalty. He'll just <laughs> have to score from the back.
0: spot. Very close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm going to, without giving it any thought, needlessly say 3-1 mm-hmm. uh, for no real reason. Just because oh, I, I just can't. like that scoreline. now. That's what I'm going to go with. I think Anfield's going to be nuts for this one. Uh, it's
1: going to be ridiculous. It's going to be so it's good. Well, so cool, because they're planning the 30th anniversary Hillsborough mm-hmm. Memorial uh, uh, as well. So I think it's it's going to be a very emotional day. Uh, and hopefully, a very positive emotional day.
0: That's going to be a a rough visiting crowd to try to do a sentimental memorial.
1: Well, it's probably the worst one. Like, I saw this put yeah. forth on Twitter today that they're the worst, especially in light of what has come out today with the awful video that's doing circulation. Yeah, like that, they're the worst crowd. And I would love for Mo to score like two minutes in, mm-hmm. uh, and just go celebrate right in front of their fans. Just do the kind of like arms out celebration like he did at City last year. Oh, that would be, just be so satisfying. I want a Mohat trick. All three <laughs> three-one
0: <laughs> hat trick. There we go. <laughs> yes. We're gonna see a real vindictive Mosala. Just the <laughs> Alex wearing his Mo Salah shirt <laughs> as we record. I love it so much. Love it so much. All right, we are uh, out of time here on the podcast, so we will go ahead and wrap things up um, with... Uh, oh, uh, Alex, there's headlines when you hop on to ESPNFC.com, our favorite website, um, about <laughs> us trying to go after IX's um,
1: David Who He is the smoothest man, the smoothest player. Uh, if you haven't seen this story, the way he got his girlfriend was he, he sent a DM... That said, I am David Nerez, I play for Ajax. Come to me. <laughs> There's absolutely no way that the one that responded was the only person he sent that to.
0: No, not a no. chance. But, no. but she responded, and he was like, okay. She, she might have been the only one who responded to it. The rest of them might have been like, that's creepy, man. If Liverpool doesn't... If the transfer committee doesn't contact him by saying... We are Liverpool, Liverpool. coming to, to us. <laughs> We're doing something wrong here. Doing something wrong. Uh, give us a quick summation on why you think this would be a good signing.
1: Uh, because he's very, very good. He can play from both wings. He's so skillful. He's got an eye for a pass. He's got an eye for a goal. Scored a lovely weak foot goal against Juventus midweek. And I mean, the the talent is there. He's Brazilian. He would mix with all of our Brazilians. Let's just be Brazil, Africa, anti-racism FC. (laughs) Just destroy people. I'm so in for him. We'd have someone to take free kicks, uh, besides Trent and Shaq, since Shaq doesn't really play anymore there's so many good reasons to get him but mainly because he could just DM fans mm-hmm. of other teams and be like I play for <laughs> Liverpool come to us
0: mm-hmm. like, we can't say no now we're Liverpool fans <laughs> that's how that works
2: while we're shopping at Ajax if we could just grab one delict as well and just bring him on back that'd be great
0: absolutely Absolutely. just
2: one delict that's just, all. Just, just one, one.
0: Just one. You don't, need, don't need all of the delicts yeah. they got yeah All right, that'll do it for this episode.
2: (coughs) And that'll do it for Joseph.
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye.